0: Welcome to Welcome to the Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Abdullah, and with me today is Scott Humphrey. How are you doing,
1: Scott? I'm doing so so well. How are you? I'm surviving. Is that an answer? <laughs> yes, it is. It is an answer. You win. <laughs>
0: uh did we uh did um what was it? Did those stupid like I survived twenty twenty and all I got was, it was this lousy t shirts? Are those a
1: thing? <laughs> Oh I, yeah, I survived twenty twenty blank. You know, you scratch out the last digit and just leave it blank. Uh, then it counts for the whole decade, and then you get your lousy T-shirt. Exactly.
0: Now I was just saying before we were recording, like, do you ever look at old photos of your on your phone and realize like something that was two years ago feels like forever ago. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's absolutely the passage of time. Feel I mean, as as everyone has said, the passage of time feels both incredibly fast and incredibly slow. It's hard to sort of get a sense of how things are passing right now. But it's okay. It's okay. We're we're surviving, like you said, and uh, we're making the best of it. And how is like like how has the last year
0: treated you? Like, was it
1: you know. You know, I I have to I have to be honest in that I feel very fortunate um, with how things have gone for the last year or so. My um, one of the the, one of my day jobs, I guess you could say, uh, was uninterrupted because it was at a school. You know, people still went to schools. That was good. Um, And since the majority of the work that I do in the acting community is voice work, uh, here in Montreal, voice studios were able to reopen pretty soon after, um, so I think within a few months in 2020. So, and my partner and I started doing uh, writing work for the voice world as well, which has been very, well, just been excellent and creative and satisfying. And yeah, I, I honestly, I, it's not a flex. I promise it's not a flex. It's just, it feels like we've been very fortunate over here.
0: No, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm glad you know at least someone had, had like a had like a good <laughs> 2020 because man everyone else I talk
1: to, ugh, ugh. yeah I you know I, I do certainly like try to pride myself on being someone who's like quite adaptable and like you know I I just um my partner and I just changed our living situation in a big way like we moved sort of more rurally in the last um, three weeks. <laughs> Uh, and again, like, I think it's about for, for me being adaptable has really come in handy, um, you know, taking things in stride and going, okay, this is the new normal. What do I need to do to adapt myself? And it's been good. It's been positive.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. It's like adapt or die.
1: Mm. (laughs) Truth. (laughs) (laughs) Truth.
0: I I mean, I said this like a year ago, like the, the secret to success and having a long career is. You need to be able to adapt to the changing landscape. Even even like pre-pandemic, like the you know, the landscape was changing and you know, you had to adapt to it. And if you didn't have a home studio pre pandemic, you were just you know, you you were you, oh boy. <laughs> you
1: no, know, you're you're absolutely right. And I've met a lot of people in the community who are not particularly happy about some changes in the industry, and I've met a lot more people who are uh, rolling with it and doing their best collectively to try to change the things that they don 't like and that 's what we got to do right. We are all working together to try to make sure that things continue to evolve in a positive direction
0: yeah, and I mean i've talked about this many times before, but I mean, I see people like not who wanted who wanted to get into voiceover for money on on Twitter and i 'm like you know mm. if you wanna you know, if you want to get into this, into this industry for money, you're in the wrong business because it, <laughs> it doesn't pay that much.
1: That is correct. Yes, that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't have much more to say other than that, honestly. You're right. You're right. 100% correct.
0: Yeah, yeah, because you can do video games and cartoons and anime and what have you. That's what people think voiceover is. But w- the real money is in promo and commercials yeah. and, and all that stuff. And very rarely do people like talk about, talk about that aspect of voiceover, which I think is kind of a shame because people come into voiceover expecting it's all going to be like cartoons and, mm-hmm. and video games and what have you. But the reality is in the ones that the, the voice actors you see that do have long careers are the ones that do the do promo work. That so do well the, that, yeah. that's where
1: the real money is it's true uh do a bit of everything you know and i I would argue honestly, like having done a, a bit of everything i mean and I emphasis on the bit, but uh, you know of everything um I, I would argue that there's it's not that one is more exciting or more uh, challenging or you know whatever than the other it's just it's that it's a different skill set, you know you need different skill sets and you need to be brushing up on and refining those skill sets in order to be successful in the various facets of the voice industry. Like, you know, I certainly, I know where my strengths are as a performer and I, I know where my uh, challenges are as well. And those are the things that now that I'm building myself a more sort of, uh, now that I'm building myself a more complete sort of voice booth situation here, um, those are the things I'm going to be working on. You know, like I, I, yeah, yeah. I I just, I think there's a real, like you said, I think there's definitely, there's definitely a sense in the community of like, oh, I want to do voice work because it's exciting because I do all the shouting and funny voices and you know dialects and accents and you know this and that, the comedy, right? But like you say, there's the reality is that you need to be to have your finger in every pie, uh, so to speak, (laughs) and also that you need to be challenging yourself to improve all of those skills. Plus, I mean, you gotta
0: be good. You gotta be a good actor. If you're great, if you want longevity in the business, I mean, that's fair.
1: Yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah. That, that's it too. Actually. There's like, I've, I've, I mean, I certainly like, uh, growing up people were like, wow, what a voice. You'd be great on the radio. And I'm like, yeah, I would be great on the radio. <laughs> and then when I started sort of training as an, as an actor, like I'm a theater actor by, by, uh, by education. Um, uh, when I started training, I was like, oh, oh, okay, like that only that really doesn't take you very far at all. You know, people love the sound of your voice or the look of your face or whatever it is. But yeah, you need to you need to have something <laughs> you need to have some skill, like some skills, some, some some craft to go along with it, you know? Yeah,
0: because and I think that people overlook the performance, like people just focus mm. on even 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 like you know, great voice actors in the business, oh, they, people only focus on, you know, their range and, and, and what, and what they can do with their voice. And I'm like, but what about their acting? Cause that's yeah. what, you know, that's, that's what, that's why they got hired in the first place. They're acting cause they're great actors, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't just focus on what could, what you can do with your voice. Focus on, okay, I need to give the best performance I can. Otherwise I'm not going to
1: last very long in this business. That's, that's why, that's why we hire actors. We, you know, that's why people like actors are hired f- for the projects they're hired on is because you want, you want a, a real grounded, I mean, usually <laughs> grounded performance, right? Like the, and, and the performance has to be true and it has to be, uh, if not captivating, then at least like re- engaging and grounded, right? Like, no, I agree with you, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not arguing, I agree with you.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just saying this because I just see a lot of people focus on, like, what people, like, fans, just fans in mm. general saying, oh, you know, this voice actor is great because they have, they can do all this with their voice, and I'm like, okay, but what about their acting? Like, mm-hmm. what is it about the
1: spe- specific performance you liked, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there can be something like intangible about a great performance, right? Something that you can't quite put your finger on, but at the end of the day, it feels real, right? Like whatever the situation is that you're in, either the voice matches the reality of that and it hits you and there's like, um, and there's like an emotional resonance there. Um, or if it's not a voice performance, if it's like you know if either a performance capture for a game, or if it's uh, you know a film or a television role, or, or like whatever, or on stage even, there's yeah there's a, a truth to it that people can feel, and and I, that can be really hard to identify. Like I was actually just talking about this the other day with my with my friends. Like um, the idea that there are some people who just who who want to be those actors like so bad and I, I definitely identify with that Gr- like growing up and, and training and so on and so on. I mean having having people tell you having people tell you it's good you know technically it's very good or I thought it was funny or good job but knowing either because they said it or because you can hear it in their voice that you're just something about what you did didn't resonate with them and sometimes that's going to be the case. And sometimes you make that connection and it's a beautiful thing.
0: I mean, and sometimes it's hard, like when, when someone gives like a specific performance, someone is always going to, is always going to compare them to, Mm. to a previous actor. Like Mm -hmm. I know, Mm -hmm. I know like in the case of anime, that especially nowadays when you get like new people coming in and and they're always going to be compared to the to the Matthew mercers of the world and I'm like, Oh my god. Yeah, course. that's not
1: fair, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's true and uh, and I you know um I, I mean it's it's to a greater or lesser extent it happens everywhere, but what ends up happening is like often or at least sorry, I've certainly found this in the past, uh you know, you a casting breakdown goes out for like uh okay, we're casting a gritty cowboy with a Matthew mercer sound, you know, say say that's the casting notice. And then, you know, you audition, you tape, you get a thousand people taping for this role. And then they just cast Matthew Mercer because that's that's what they wanted, right? Like at the end of the day, sometimes the work just funnels back to those people that that like work begets more of it, you know, and it it and you become recognized as someone really talented. And that's fantastic. Like I'm not ragging on Matthew Mercer. Obviously I love the guy. And as uh, a role player as well, obviously I'm a big fan of his work. Like that's great, but you know, it, it can be hard sometimes when casting or a voice director or whoever has something very particular in mind, right? Because they are say casting a new voice to play the same character in an anime or whatever. It can be really, um, it can be really challenging to get away from the preconceived notions of that role, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what kind of annoys me where it's like, Oh, we're looking for a dot dot type. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why why don't you just hire this person? I mean, they're, <laughs> exactly. they're still, they're still alive. They're still working. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I know certainly like if we're talking games in particular, uh, some, sometimes studios just don't, you know, they, they can't hire those big names for, you know, for one reason or another. And, um, and then sometimes that ends up being a really exciting opportunity for a, a young uh, v- v- VO-like artist or someone with more experience, but who hasn't worked in that field before or whatever it is. It can be really cool. Um, you know, I've certainly uh, been lucky enough to work on and like, like I was saying before, I've been lucky enough to work on a whole host of different projects, some of which I it's not that I had no business being there. It's just like <laughs> some of which... Uh, were because that project couldn't afford to cast outside of where I live, say, uh, and that's cool.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're do if if a project is like New York focused, they're just going to mm. be using like the New York talent, or mm-hmm. or if, if it's like L A, then yeah, they're going to use the L A cast. I mean, it's it's part of the business. I mean, it's not it's mm-hmm. it's not anything new. Even even back in the day, no. like. You know, back in the day, like I'm dating, dating myself here, but (laughs) but I'm dating myself here. But, um, back in the day, if you grew up in watching like early Dragon Ball Z, it wasn't Funimation that was dubbing it. It was, um, the ocean group and and that was Mm -hmm. from Canada. So, Mm.
1: you know, (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I uh, I was rewatching the, like, um, Sailor Moon anime not that long ago. Uh, (laughs) And I was, I I had forgotten because I like watched it when I was younger. Um, This is, this would be the nineties, like, right. The nineties series Uh, that it was dubbed in Toronto. It was dubbed in Canada. And so there are a couple of the voice actors who have that like really Canadian sound and they didn't bother to try to fix it or take it out or direct them away from it. You know, you just have people going like, oh, sailor scoots or it's, it's it's truly wild actually i really and again nothing nothing against the you wouldn't hear that today right you would a lot of a lot of us canadians uh in in breakdowns it's like you know must use must have standard american accent whatever that means um uh i just love that though i thought i thought it was so funny
0: no, I mean, I, I remember when, um, like, every Canadian who goes over to the States, like, they, they flat out tell them, lose the fucking accent. Cause, yeah, yeah, cause honestly. you're not, you're not going to get the work. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And I think to a greater, like, it's to a greater or lesser extent, right? It's, like, depends on where you grew up, and it depends on how much work you've put in to sort of, like, try to change the, some of the sounds of your dialect or whatever. Um, some people have a, a greater challenge than others, I guess, is what I'm saying, in that regard.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, because cause it's like, oh, we want generic American. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like what is that? What does that sound like again?
1: What, what does that mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, a
0: hundred percent. I mean, you have an American accent, but it sounds like nothing. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's the point.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What like what do you what do you want?
0: What do you want? <laughs> Amazing. No, I mean, but uh, but I just, I just find it silly. Like, okay, you know, I I get it. Like, if if you're, you know, Canadians are going to sound like Canadians, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like, you know, if you if you want if you want them to have like, it's just so weird because like nobody ever plays themselves in voiceover. Like, I've I've seen like. You know, Americans get cast as British characters, mm-hmm. British characters, uh, British people get cast as Americans, and they do, like, really dodgy American accents. Oh, and, yeah, all the time. You no, know, American, uh, Go- uh, Amazing World of Gumball is notorious for that, like, because that was yeah. done in the UK, and, like, <laughs> half the, mm-hmm. and most <laughs> of the cast is, like, from the UK, and they had to do, like, really bad American accents for that show, And it and it, you know, it's... Uh,
1: Yeah, it it can definitely be a little rough, you know, and then sometimes some some performers, uh, you forget where they are, where they must be from, because of how often they like kind of have delved into that, right, that either that standard American or whatever it is, um, which is really fun, too. I think the opposite of that is also really fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it, that's why I'm, like, surprised, like, at, at people who can do really great dialects, because I'm like, mm. where are you from? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, I've said this before many times, but, man, J.B. Blanc can play,
1: like, literally any nationality and no one would give him shit for it. <laughs> oh, not at all. Yeah, 100%. And that's just, like, yeah, it's so, so, so impressive.
0: <laughs> I mean, the same thing with, like, I keep forgetting, like... um Robert Atkin Downs is British sometimes because I'm like, you yeah. know, he, he does like a lot of American characters, German characters, and Eastern European characters. And then when I, when I hear him talk, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's, he's British. <laughs> I keep oh, forgetting yeah.
1: that. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but that's it. But that's, and, and sometimes like your career might take you somewhere where you end up doing a whole bunch of like roles from that part of the world. So, and again, kind of like, What I said before, you know, that work begets more work, right? If you, if your craft and maybe even your like natural inclinations kind of bring you in that direction, say to like have a great quote unquote standard American accent and they love your voice for some other reason as well, that's probably going to get you more work, more work, and then you develop it. It becomes second nature and boom, people forget where you're from.
0: I just, I just find it weird how like no one is hired to play themselves. I just, I just find that so Mm. fascinating.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, actually, you know what? That is, that is a really good point. I certainly, um, uh, like uh, sort of one of the most, one of my most fun projects I ever got a chance to participate in, uh, which if you don't mind me plugging it is uh, a web series from 2013, 2015, uh, called LARPs. Uh, which is, you know, it's, uh, back at the the heyday of web series. Um, a group of friends who live-action role-play and the show follows their exploits, like, both in-game, but, you know, how that affects their real lives, vice versa, right? Um, that, sh- like, series very particularly, it was an ensemble cast. Uh, there were five and then six of us in sort of the, like, like core ensemble. Um but the role that I, I I auditioned for a specific role because I was like oh that's me I'm just playing myself perfect uh, and they went hey can you um, can you have a read of this other character it's that character's brother but like he's like a slacker he's really crass um, you know I was like well you know of course that sounds like a good time but like I don't know how am I going to make that realistic boom nailed it no problem booked it like it's do you know what I mean it, like you say. Um, it's about uh, not playing yourself becomes this becomes this um mantra i don't know that's not really the right word but it just that show in particular i had such a blast specifically because i was cast to play someone so far from me so the challenge became bringing my sort of like natural tendencies and the character's natural tendencies and finding a balance between them
0: that's why i'm like when i whenever i do like that's why I love it when whenever I see like a an actor who gets typecast as a specific, you know, to, as a specific um, character archety- archetype, mm. it's it's always interesting to see them play against that. And that's why I'm like I'm I'm always praising people who who can who can like go go the distance and play
1: like a complete opposite of a character like you didn't expect them to be able to do. Oh. Ah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's so, it's always so impressive. And I think you're, you're right. Like, especially when someone always kind of does the same thing and then they go outside their comfort zone. Um, Because, and that's the best part, right? It's like, sometimes it's a project that they're really passionate about. uh, See, you know, Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool or whatever, right? Like, but often it's because some crazy Yahoo director or session director, or or series like creator, or whatever, saw that actor and went, you know what? I bet they'd be good at, you know, and then and then you give them a shot. It's not it, like, it, certainly in my experience, it's never been my idea. You know what I mean? Uh, except except for projects that I've like written or created myself, um, it's always some Yahoo in casting who's like, this seems like an interesting idea. Let's try that out. And sometimes it works. It's great.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, and that's why I'm like I, I praise casting directors who think outside the box and say, okay, we're mm-hmm. going to cast like you know this 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 person who you never expected to be in this role, and they're going to do great. Oh yeah, so 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 much fun. Yeah, and I, I mean, I just because personally, I feel like a lot of casting directors nowadays play it too safe, and they're like, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, for sure. No, no, definitely, um, definitely something that is. I think a struggle for a lot of performers, right. It's like, because if you're, if you're new, if you're an emerging artist of any kind, right. Like it can be hard to get someone to take a chance on you because either those other actors are like known quantities. It's like what you said before, right. Like, uh, you know, about, about say Matt Mercer or, you know, that, that like, (laughs) I would say crew um, of video game artists, like, it's a known quantity, you know, they're going to turn out an incredible performance because they're really talented. They're great at what they do. And you can probably toss them in you know, a good variety of roles and they're going to kill it. How do you persuade someone to take a chance on you when they already have that? like, like you said, a safety net, you know, because sometimes sometimes it doesn't work out and then, and then you're in trouble <laughs> if you're the director.
0: Um, well then you can just blame everybody else and say well <laughs> oh well it wasn't my fault you know yeah exactly i mean that is true
1: actually <laughs> <laughs>
0: well the scripts weren't being given uh, it weren't uh, didn't go out on time well, yeah. you know that that the actors we couldn't get them to record ensemble, and if they, we got them to record ensemble, they would have given better performances. Oh, or Oh yeah, have
1: you. My, oh yeah, it's too bad they couldn't all be in the room together. It's uh, it's really tough. Uh, well, anyway, uh, you know, on to the next one. Yeah, exactly.
0: Because yeah. like sometimes you like watch certain performances. I'm not going to say who, because like mm. y- you know, you know who, you know mm. who. <laughs> like you know, people who come in are obviously cast because like they're a. They're like a, a big name, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. not a, not a big name celebrity, but like a you know a mildly popular celebrity that they can you know, like market the 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 product off of, and mm-hmm. they just come in and give this like bland as fuck performance, and mm-hmm. you're like, you're
1: lucky you're famous, otherwise you wouldn't have gotten <laughs> hired. <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky you're famous, kid. Yeah, that's uh, it's true, and it, it's always a little frustrating to see that because you know like the the you can see the wheels turning behind the curtain right like you you know exactly why that casting decision was made and sometimes it's a great one and sometimes it's not and like it's just it's always so disappointing because i'm like i bet there's somebody else out there cuz this is my question right and again i'm not a producer so i probably shouldn't be shooting myself in the foot by saying things like this but i'm going to anyway you know like are you really gonna sell that many more copies of whatever you're producing if you have a name that is like somewhat recognizable like are you really you know i did a i did an animated film a while ago and um i ended up i ended up recording the whole film and then they ended up finding someone uh you know with more credits on their resume shall we say and they re-recorded the whole thing and i was like well okay you know fine but like you had to you had to pay a couple sessions, like you had to pay two different session fees for the same work and honestly i don't think anyone will ever see the movie anyway like <laughs> you know maybe that's just me being a little salty about it but uh, <laughs> i don't i don't think so
0: no i mean it's 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 definitely stupid because i you know mm. funny you mentioned that because i was reading up like a couple of days ago i was reading up on some behind the scenes stuff on mm. the road to el dorado and Ooh. one of the and one of the interesting things about that movie was Jim Cummings plays one of the villains in that, mm-hmm. and originally he just came in to do Scratch for, for you know, until they found someone better, but, mm-hmm. they, uh, but the producers and, and directors couldn't find
1: anyone better, and they're like, eh, fuck <laughs> it, just keep him in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what, that actually, that, that does absolutely happen. And certainly in my experience, it happens quite often, right? You get someone in to do, like, uh, in games in particular, I, I know they Com- companies often record. Um, I'm, I'm like I'm sure you're familiar. I'm sorry if if it's like really obvious, but like uh, game companies will often record or create a really deep, complete s- segment of gameplay, right? Like a vertical slice, um, so that they can then present it to people and like get funding or say present it at E3 or whatever. And so y- you get people, but like it's often internal. So if you need voice for it, like, you'll probably get someone in-house, probably, because it's, it's easier that way. It's cheaper. Um, but sometimes you get a performer and you're like, oh, it's just a temp track, you know, let's just lay it down. And they love what you do and they bring you back for the final thing. It happens, you know, and that's it's, it's fun. I think it's really cool.
0: I just I just found it really hilarious that they just got a, a voice actor to just come in and do scratch until they found a quote-unquote mm-hmm. celebrity, and then they couldn't find a celebrity, so they just <laughs> kept the
1: voice actor. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> I do like that. They're like, oh, let's get someone more famous. Oh, we can't. Oh, interesting. Uh, like, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, yeah,
0: It's just. it's just... I just don't understand. I mean, look, I get it. I get it. I'm I'm not I'm not going to be one of those people who's like, "Oh, you know, they should stop casting celebrities and everything because guess what? Like some of my favorite performances in the past couple of years have come from quote-unquote celebrities." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "You know, I, I it's dumb to think that okay, only voice actors should be allowed to voice act and celebrities should only do be allowed to do on camera because that's a that's an ignorant point point of view oh, and that's sure. like really stupid. Because at the end of the day, like every, they're just actors,
1: yeah. And exactly.
0: Like sometimes you know they can come in and give like these really phenomenal performances, and sometimes they just come in and just like don't give these phenomenal performances. And and <laughs> it's and it's fine. It it's fine. I've seen voice actors who've been in the business for like twenty plus years give terrible performances. It happens. Yep. You know. Yep. Like they're not immune to. To, to to these, to having like bad sessions or bad performances. It happens, because everyone's just human at the end of the day.
1: Yep, no, exactly, and sometimes, you know, and being human sometimes means you have a bad session, fine, maybe even a bad series of sessions. Maybe you and the director just don't see eye to eye on things, and, like, they're trying to tease something out of you that you feel is, is either not right, or, like, it just doesn't make sense to you for one reason or another, and I you know, you're right. And like, I, I, t- I do tend to, you know, having having been in the booth, I do tend to sort of recognize that like, there are more elements at play than just, you know, the performer on that day or series of days, you know, of course, and uh, the director plays a big role in that. And, and sometimes there are people behind the scenes, right, from the parent company, whatever project you're working on who have their own opinions. I certainly, again, we were talking a little bit earlier about promo and like <laughs> the number of cooks in the kitchen on our radio spot is just wild. The number of people who are like, Oh, hang on, I'm getting paid to have input. So I should make some, in- I should put some input here. And uh, you know, the number of people that have different opinions on what's going to sound right, how particular it needs to be. It can be pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. And um so, so I, I do agree with you uh, again that, like, yeah, it can, it can, it can just be a bad day or series of days. But sometimes people are directed out of their natural instincts into something that does or doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it it's fine. It happens. Like even. Even if you go back and watch like some early, I mean, early episodes of Batman: The Animated Series are just like really Mm. weird to listen to because the 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 cast are still like trying to figure out who who these characters are. So you're like, "That's not Batman." (laughs) Yeah, who who is
1: that? Yeah, what what the heck? Um, (laughs) That is very true. I mean, that's
0: I mean that's true. Like with every series, like you go back and watch like the early episodes, and people are trying to figure out who these characters are, and it sounds weird because it's like wait a minute. I mean, this
1: is the same actor, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then you find out, you know, as well. I, I love, I love when performers get a chance to voice someone over like 10, 20 years. Uh, there's a very long running Canadian animated series, um, which I think is like known outside of North America, you know, Arthur. Well, yeah, for, for the, for the memes. Um a lot of the, it's, it's a lot of the voice actors on that series, Uh, are original and they've been voicing those characters for 21 seasons 21 years something no is it years or seasons i can't remember uh and like you know a lot of these people playing teens are like in their 50s now you know it's just it's, it's really wild and then some of the actors do get kind of changed over time because they're uh you know, their voice drops or changes or whatever it is, and um, sometimes they don't. I just think it's so cool to, to know, like, I know a few actors who are in their 50s and they still voice the character that they did in, like, in their early 30s. Oh, it's it's great.
0: Yeah, no, um, best example of this is The Simpsons, like, you know, you watch... Of course, of course. <laughs> you, watch, <laughs> you watch that show now and it's like, holy crap, is, are they still the same people? Yup. Everyone's yep. voice changed.
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. It's a great example.
0: Like I mean, same thing with like Family Guy. Like in any, any any show that's that's lasted like, you know, twenty plus years, like the voices are gonna change and you know, sometimes you notice it, sometimes you don't. And when you do mm-hmm. it's like, oh man <laughs>
1: Yeah, when you notice it. That's that's it a hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I mean and sometimes I mean it changes for the better and sometimes it's the worse unfortunately mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, nope true <laughs> because uh you know unfortunate thing about life is that you know death comes for all you know yeah. everyone's gonna eventually you know pass away and you know you do get older your voice does change
1: and yeah you know it depends on how long you can keep going oh man and then and then if you're if you're really lucky you get like the most beautiful sign off for your character Uh, I'm thinking of court. Oh, well, anyway, spoilers, I guess, but like, uh, no, no, no. It's an old series now, but I'm thinking of, of uh, last airbender. Right. I'm thinking of uncle Iroh and the, his, his voiceover like his, the the actor who voiced Iroh passed away during, during that series. And like, he had to be, you know, you can tell that there's someone who's replacing him, but it's like, they obviously loved the guy so much. Like there's so much dignity to it. Uh, It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, no, um M- performance is M- performance is mm-hmm. just um just unforgettable. He was like oh, yeah. truly a one of a kind actor and we just like yeah. unfortunately will never get an actor as yeah. as, uh, yeah. as as great as he was. Like n- not to knock on anyone else, on on anyone but you know he is that character. And I mean that is yeah. no no offense to Greg Baldwin. Greg Baldwin is a great Replacement. He has done a great job with the character. I know he loves the character, but at the same time, it's like, you know, that is Mako's role. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, but like, you know, the reality of it is that the series can't exist without Uncle Iroh. So what do you do? Right? Like it's, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, <laughs> Like that is
0: like the hardest case where, you know, when an actor passes away and you have to have someone come in and and do like voice match Mm. it's just so hard it is just so hard i mean i remember i remember having david k on and he talked like the hardest thing that he had to do was voice match for miguel ferrer for um young justice because you know miguel ferrer unfortunately passed away and his character was is still a big part of you know the the young justice lore sure sure so, so it's like we need someone to come in and do like um, voice matching and and they got David Kay and, you know, he was like scared shitless because he's like, I've never done (laughs) (laughs) voice matching before. And, you know, he just came in and knocked it out of the park. I mean, it, it's just, it sounds so much like, you know, obviously it doesn't sound like it's not Miguel Ferrer, but you know, it is as close as, as, as you're going to get, you know, with the current situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which, which happens.
0: Yeah, I mean that, and that is just like part of the business. Like you know, you get older, actors pass away, and you know they need to get recast, and it's unfortunate, but that's that's reality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you know, that's 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 the thing. That's the same thing with The Simpsons now, where it's like, well, you know, you're recasting people because you know a lot of them have passed away, and sometimes they don't, sometimes they do, because you know you kind of you know, if it's a character like Martin or Sherry and Terry, where they kind of need those characters around, they're like, Oh yeah, we need you can just get someone else to do the voices. And or if it's a, or if it's a character that's like a, you know, supporting character, then they'll be like, yeah, yeah, we'll just retire. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that show has the um, advantage I'm going to say of be of having such a huge cast, like, you know, I think we can afford to miss somebody if we need to. Right. Like, it's not it's not such a big deal. It, you know, if you're if you're doing an animated series with an ensemble cast of a dozen <laughs> it feels a bit different than if you're doing an animated series that has like, you know, a town's worth of characters or whatever.
0: I mean it's the same thing with Disney, like with, with Disney, like I know the 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 current voice actors of, of like Mickey, Donald, Goofy, like already have understudies and just in case like mm. when they when they pass away they know that yeah. person's gonna take over the role. <laughs>
1: And they're and they're like you know they they've already made sure that those people understand what a big commitment it is to be those yeah to be those people no nope, agreed to be those characters
0: yeah I mean and that's that's just like that's planning ahead like because the Walt Disney Company mm-hmm. knows like you know we need we need these characters around for years to come decades Forever. yeah and, yeah and we need like you know you got to start. Uh, auditioning people in secret and 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 getting them ready you know just in case cuz mm-hmm. you know we're, the, the the day will come when they're going to call you up and say well you know the voice actors you know unfortunately passed away we need you we need you to mm-hmm. do this thing now yeah yep. i mean it sucks but that's 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 reality
1: it is yeah <laughs> and that's no it's just one of the things we learn how to i guess navigate as best we can uh you know like we were talking about right at the beginning you learn over the last over the last year and a half we've all learned and and let's say continued to learn how important it is to be adaptable to be able to understand what the industry is going to ask of you and that changes
0: yeah and 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 another thing that's really important is that you know you need to pay attention to what uh to what uh to what's popular in terms of like what what type of performances people are looking for, like what type of shows are popular now? Okay, this show's popular. Okay, what what is the type of acting is as in this show? Oh, it's very over the top, very comedic, or it's very grounded and very serious. They're going to want that. So mm-hmm. you know, just it, it helps to keep notes of what is popular, what isn't popular, because you know, casting directors are going to be like, well, we're looking for a blank type. And, and you're like, okay, I know what that sounds like because I watch, cause I watch whatever, and I know, and I know that, and I know that actor's performance, and I know what they're looking for, so I'm going to try out for this.
1: And that's why research is so important, and that's why I deduct everything as research from my taxes. That's a, no, honestly, like I, you know, jokes aside, I think, oops, sorry, um, jokes aside, I, I really believe that, uh, like, so much of the the actor's work you know, the craft of, like, giving a a real grounded performance happens in the moment, and you can be practicing and working on that. But, like, so much of the actor's worth work is um, honing your skills, right? Cold reading is a big one, certainly. Like, certainly in my world, uh, with the work that I do for, like, dubbing and commercial and narration, you know, cold reading is a huge asset and other kinds of skills that you develop, but then if you're not doing that, you're watching everything that you watch, every game that you play. It's with a critical eye. Right. And and in this case, a critical ear. What kind of OK, I think I understand now what they're saying. Oh, this show has this tone. I understand. OK, I've seen that show, so I know what that tone is. And I, OK, I know what the how broad the characters are in terms of their their voices.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I. Every show I watch now, I'm taking like mental notes in my head of like what, mm-hmm. what, what, what a person is doing with their, with their performance. Because I'm like, I, I kind of, you know, I'm interested to see <laughs> to see the evolution of, of just not not just like the acting, but like the writing in general, like the dialogue. You know how it sounds. You know, does it flow naturally? Does it sound scripted? You know, does it sound? overtly scripted does it sound robotic does it sound natural i mean that's like one of the hardest things like that's that's the writer's plight is like trying to write dialogue that sounds not only natural but something like a human being would say
1: (laughs) as someone who's written before i can (laughs) i can agree that the struggle is very real you write something you're like perfect you read it back the next day you're like this is this is a robot who wrote this what (laughs) what is this garbage absolutely correct yeah
0: oh no i was rereading like some old web comics i wrote like back in like 2018 <laughs> 2019 whoa the before times yeah the before <laughs> times and i was rereading some of the dialogue and i'm like holy crap this sounds very robotic and yeah, stiff and, yeah. oh god why wasn't the artist who work why, why didn't the artist like who was working with with me on this tell me like the, this dialogue sounded shit <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait a second, nobody. Nobody told me anything. Yeah, it's great. It's uh it's so funny.
0: Like cuz cuz I know he like one of his point, one of his like criticisms was okay, you know, you need to to be like you know, you need to 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 um to, to help me understand like a little bit better like what's going on and I'm like, "Look, I don't I don't want to write." And I and I was like, and I was a, I was a fucking idiot back then or I'm like <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to write expo- expository dialogue. I think that's, you know, too the, the, too many too much expository dialogue makes it feel like, you know, you're handholding the audience and I don't want to handhold, you know, I don't want to handhold the audience too much mm-hmm. and so so what I ended up with was a product that makes absolutely zero <laughs> sense cuz mm-hmm. nothing is explained and yeah. and it's just stuff happens and it's like okay you know it just yep. it happens yeah a character shows up and their their relationship is immediately established and i'm not going to go into it like you know, like i'm not even going to go into why this character knows this character just just go with it
1: <laughs> yeah that's it right like and and yeah exactly and sometimes um oh jeez, that's i just that's that's really funny um sorry i lost my train of thought there but just like um the idea that, <laughs> the idea that you can be kind of crafting something and you're like, oh, perfect, everyone's gonna get it, and then you read it back and you're like, I don't get it. What the heck? Like, what did I, what did I do? It's great.
0: Yeah, no, no. Like, there's this whole thing about like secret organizations of vampire, mm. you know, a secret organization of vampires, and someone getting tasked to do their dirty work, and it's a mess. It really mm-hmm. makes no sense. <laughs> yep. 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 And then, you know, I, I introduce, like, I just keep introducing characters. I'm like, I just had, I just, I was at that point in my life where I just had these, like, really cool ideas. And I'm like, I just want to, I just want to do this. I just want to do this. How do I do this? And I just, like, fuck it. Just throw, throw everything <laughs> on the screen and just hope it works.
1: <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent.
0: And oh, then just, boy. like, rereading, rereading that, I'm like, yeah, no wonder this didn't take off and no one cared because <laughs> it's, it's a mess. And And I am just... I got to give it to the guy I was working with for not only to- tolerating my bullshit, but like just trying to find a way to make this work <laughs> as a visual
1: medium.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Cause, it's it's, Cause it's just, it's just a mess. Like it makes absolutely no sense. And I just, I just hate myself for, you know, going <laughs> back. <laughs> I just,
1: <sighs> it's Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be okay <laughs>
0: i mean you know jokes aside i just like look back on it and say like i mean there's potential i can mm. see what i was going for but yeah i should have just like i shouldn't have rushed this i should have like given it some thought but i didn't i just like rushed it and just threw everything in the wall and you know hoped it hoped it stuck
1: <laughs> you know yeah and that's that that's something else right i feel i mean certainly in my experience like the things i've enjoyed working on the most have have also probably been the things that have taken the longest to percolate right they've they've the the idea comes you write some stuff down you're like oh what a cool idea and then it just sits it, it sizzles and bubbles on the back burner for a while in your mind and then eventually you wake up one day and just kind of crank through the rest and it's pretty bad but you let it go and you rewrite and you edit and whatever um but yeah i know you you talk about rushing and stuff and i i Certainly, in the industry, sometimes things have to be done quickly. But like you know, it's the old adage of you know, uh, do you want something done well, fast, or cheap? Right, and you can pick two, but you can't have all three. It's it's that's like it's a, the old adage there.
0: Yeah, no, I mean that was my attitude was like I needed I needed to do something to keep busy. I needed to like get something off the ground, or otherwise I won't I won't make it as a writer if I don't need mm. to get like something off the ground and. And it's just it's just like yeah, you know, like the, I I I'm not gonna say it wasn't like a fun experience. I mean, it was fun like writing these scripts down and mm-hmm. seeing them slowly come to life via like sketches and works in progress and what have you. But but at the same time, rereading it, I'm like, this is a mess. This makes absolutely no sense. Thank thank fuck it it, it fell into obscurity because <laughs> yep. I, 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 I just I would have. I would have like, like I, I dread, like I seriously dread the day where I, where I make something and it becomes popular and people like, you know, keep pounding me about it. And I'm like, I just, I just, I'm done with that. I, I'm not continuing that. Please leave me alone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, that's yeah. I mean, you, I guess you hope you never, how do I say that? Like you hope that as, if you are a content creator of any kind, right? Like whatever, sorry, whatever it is. um, You hope that whatever the thing is that you've created, you gave it a satisfying enough conclusion that people are like, nice, done. And they don't, you know what I mean? They don't come back to you and they're like, when's more of this coming out? When's more of that happening? Um, Right, Because, because then it might, you might end up in that situation where you've moved on, but the project isn't done. I put that in big quotation marks.
0: Or if or in the case of undertale like people are just madly in love with that game and they want mm. more content and the creator just like has no interest in, in giving in doing more yeah. content so what does the community do make their own continuity yeah it, it just like spirals out of control and it just like i can't tell you how many like alternate universe uh, fiction that undertale has it's just so crazy i'm like holy fuck like (laughs) like like fans really wanted more of this game because like it meant a lot to them and the creator was like you know it's done i have no interest in like continuing on with these with these characters like i'm i'm done like i mean it's just a one and done thing Mm -hmm. but people were like so madly in love with the game and they wanted more content that they just started doing like animations Mm -hmm. their own stories like their own takes on these characters that it just like it became its own thing like undertale subgenre is like a is a thing like i'm not kidding like it is it is a thing like and it's just like that just goes to show you like the level of commitment that uh some people have when it comes to if it, you know when it comes to uh making their own version of something that that uh means a lot to them
1: mm-hmm and, and you know what, like, again, from my experience, there's there's always going to be people out there who do that for any project. It's it's always a bit disappointing when the projects that those universes are extended headcanon universes get created for. It's always disappointing when the creator is like, no, we're done. Like, there's, there's no more of this. Um, one of the, again, one of the joys of, like, being, um, like, I, I play weekly in a streamed, role playing game with the same group of people we've been uh we've been we've been doing games on um uh well the channel channel was rebranded re- recently but uh on RPG clinic is the Twitch channel we've been doing games together for like 5 years now i think sort of all told even though the channel's relatively new um and the the one of the best things about streaming the games in particular is that the audience kind of they, you know, they can't add into, like, the canon of the universe or the story, but they can craft whatever the heck they want for their head canon, right? Like, they have, like, a head canon character, or they have thoughts about, like, oh, I wonder where these people went after the story ended, you know? And it's just, it's it's really beautiful to see. Uh, but you're right that when the media that inspired that creativity is gone or done or never coming back eh, people get sad about
0: it yeah that's why i'm like whenever i see people like complaining about like critical role spoilers i'm like just just write your own just write your own Mm -hmm. version Mm -hmm. just write your own version of the campaign you know yeah like
1: (laughs) yeah i mean it's, it's it's exactly right like i understand that that's a really engaging stream for a lot of people for many reasons which is awesome um but like yeah at the end of the day they're they're playing a game that y- you could also be playing if you wanted to, like, <laughs> and you could make your own story. It's like that's that's the joy of it, says me.
0: Yeah, I mean, because like you know, everyone you talk to on Critical Role is just—they just say, "Well, you know, I, I, you know, I like I wanted to do it because it's basically like it's just improv. I mean, that's all it is. It's it's just improv. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, there is no secret to it. Like, it's just improv. You're just telling a story and. It's Mad Libs as well, like you know.
1: It's just it's just all these <laughs> things. <laughs> Mad Libs. Sorry, now I'm imagining like a full-on Mad Libs role-playing game, and it's just you know whatever you whatever you fill in the blanks like comes to life or whatever. Oh my god, just crazy.
0: No, I mean, but but I mean, well, give give it time; that will probably be a thing. <laughs> oh no, it's probably already is. Honestly, like let's be real. But... You enter a dungeon, and you blank. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, just, but, but I mean, I just, I, I mean, I understand being passionate about about a uh, about a piece of media or fiction, but at the same time, it's like they're just playing D anD. d I mean, it's it's something that already exists. You can you can like create your own story. Like people, for fuck's sake, people just homebrew like characters yeah, all the time yeah, when, with D anD. d
1: like... No, 100%. I think, you know, there's definitely like, and and what I, the system we're now playing in, um, there's like a little bit in the, in the um, handbook or whatever you want to call it, where they state this very particularly is like, do you and your group, do you want to play or do you want to stream? It's really important that you know in advance and that everyone's on board because streaming a game is, like you say, it's true it's long-form improv. It is not the same, really, as role-playing. Like, you're performing, right? It's it's a different mentality entirely. So when people watch things like, say, Critical Role, they're like, oh man, like, I can't play Dungeons and Dragons. It'll never be as cool as these people. And you're like, well, I don't know. It'll be cool in a different way. These are professional artists. Like, they're, <laughs> you know, that's their, that's their job. I mean, well, it's one of their jobs to bring characters to life and to really make you feel the way the characters are feeling like uh yeah if you don't have that training yeah you're probably not gonna <laughs> have the same experience but you can still have a great experience it's not like that's it's not a qualitative thing you know
0: also like even like pre-critical role i'm pretty sure like M- matt mercer's pre-critical role <laughs> days weren't Weren't like that. I, I'm pretty sure. No, like, no, no, no for sure. <laughs> but, I mean, again, it's they're performers, they're actors. They they're playing up these characters for the camera. I mean, if, if the cameras weren't on, they're they're just gonna be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, just gonna be a yeah. a regular D and D game.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's more it's more chill. There's probably more snacks, more crunching, right? Crunching into the mics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, certainly. There's probably like a lot more pauses. I'll guarantee you oh, that. Oh gosh, I'll tell you that for free. Yeah, for sure. i <laughs> I just had a uh, one of my my uh, my littlest cat just leaped up into my lap. So you probably I don't know. Well, maybe you didn't hear it, but hopefully you didn't hear me go like oh! as <laughs> as he dug his claws into my leg. This little guy, what a cutie!
0: Yeah, well, you're not the first, you're not the first guy I've had on here who has been interrupted <laughs> by a pet. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine so. That's the wonder of uh, recording uh, from home now. Your pets come in and, you know, ruin everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All the time. <laughs> it's true. That's it's one of the reasons I certainly uh, don't know about getting a dog at any point. It's just like probably, probably much more disruptive. Um, but well, yeah, maybe, maybe not.
0: We'll see. Oh, God. We'll I see. remember. I remember like way back in. <laughs> Way back in the old the olden times of 2013, when I or when I when I interviewed like um, Dave Fenoy, and you know oh. I, had, I had my um I had my friend Tom with me during that interview, hmm. and if you re listen to that interview. You can hear his dogs in the background, <laughs> and like I swear to God, like when that happened, my face, like I got so fucking pissed off because I'm like, Whoop. "Oh God, Tom, not now, not now. Tom."
1: <laughs> this is Dave Fenoy. Like,
0: <laughs> I was so embarrassed because this was like you know J- J- January 2013. Like Dave Fenoy has like just become. Like this big star after his performance in Walking Dead, and I'm like, mm. oh god, not now, not now, Tom, <laughs> like, not, not, not now,
1: not like this, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. It's
0: just, it's just, ah, oh, oh God, I, I just look back on those days, and I'm like, oh, I kind of, I kind of miss that. <laughs> I kind of miss mm-hmm. like shit going wrong, because you know, because like you listen to a lot of podcasts, and they're done like professional studios, and everything sounds great, yeah. and no one fucks up, and I'm like, I just. I just love listening and that, and, and like, I love like listening to podcasts that were recorded via zoom and like, there's no mm. like audio, <laughs> like someone's just recording from a webcam and you, there's no like, and there's nothing picking up their voice and, and it just sounds awful. I'm like, yes, yes. I love this cause it, it just <laughs> nice. shows me that, uh, <laughs> it just shows me that they're human and that, you know, they, yep. they're willing to, um, to do stuff, um, to do stuff on the fly
1: mm-hmm a hundred percent
0: same thing with um like <laughs> god going back even pre-internet <laughs> like pre-pre-internet huh? Huh? Uh, yes. not, not 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 pre-internet um like early internet i don't know if you've listened to some of these like old, really old interviews where they do where they have someone patch in via phone and it sounds awful
1: <laughs> oh it would honestly it'd be terrible yeah because i remember I like
0: because i remember like really like early like maybe 2006 or 2007 i was listening to this like interview with a voice actor i mean i found this like really old interview and i just couldn't understand like what he was saying because the phone
1: quality was just so shit (laughs) the irony is palpable um that's what's happening here it's really funny (laughs)
0: because <laughs> I, mean, I just keep remember, I just like listen to stuff like that. I'm like, oh god, I remember like we used to have like phone patches and, <laughs> and yeah. what have you, and and I'm like, oh god, I don't, I I don't I don't like doing that because it just it just sounds like it takes me out. It takes me out of it. Like it takes me out of the. Yeah. I want to create this illusion that we're like in, in the same mm. room, but we're not because it's
1: right. Oh, now the, so- now like see how the sausage gets made. Come on. <laughs> it's uh, no, but that, you know what? That's, that's, that's very true. Um, it's the same thing. Like, I think when I, I, you know, I was taking some workshops and I've worked on a lot of like short films, student films, you know, and something that I think a lot of, well, uh, of course, right. It's something that a lot of people, decide to cut corners with his sound they're like oh you know i have a boom mic or like whatever no big deal the second that you're watching something with trash sound you just don't want to watch it anymore it's it's just one of those things in our brains right like if you can't understand if it doesn't sound right it doesn't feel right that's just the long and short of it
0: oh i tried watching like a, a movie recently And it was like a really old movie, and I'm like, okay, I found like a copy of it online, and I'm like, okay, let's watch this. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't watch it because the sound mixing was just so awful. I couldn't understand what the characters were saying, so I had to put subtitles on. And even then, I'm like, can you speak up? Why is the audio so low?
1: (laughs) Excuse me, can you speak up? (laughs) That's great.
0: (laughs) And it just and and I don't know why. Like, I don't know if if this was like. if there was controversy about about the about this movie because like some scenes were like where some scenes some scenes some scenes would be like them, uh, it, normal the normal footage and then like it randomly cuts to work oh. print footage and I'm like, oh. what the fuck. what what the heck yeah like what's going on here like it randomly cuts to like a scene from like the work print and that wasn't remastered and it just it looks terrible and i'm like i'm turning this off i'm not i'm not gonna attempt to watch this because it's taking me taking me out of it yeah
1: yeah that that definitely happens
0: I mean I I find like the older I get I'm more picky about like audio and and visual quality. Like before it's like, Okay, whatever, I don't care but now it's like now it's like I don't wanna watch anything that's not like in seven twenty or ten eighty (laughs) P
1: like no it just means you have taste don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: i'm just like i i want to watch this in 1080p i don't want to watch it in like three 360 garbage <laughs> vhs oh God, quality
1: yeah. oh man yeah i'm remembering sort of the early days of of youtube you know what i mean you're like oh, you gotta watch this video gather around it's like you know there's two pixels <laughs> everyone's like i don't even know what's happening and you're like no no trust me it's really funny bad news bad news
0: oh god it's it's even more sad now like looking back at some of those old videos and realizing holy crap like <laughs> we back then did we we back then didn't give a shit about video quality no. like we do do
1: now <laughs> no it was exciting it was new for sure i don't know for sure
0: <laughs> so like you have these it just pixels,
1: pixels talking at you. <laughs> You're like, uh, I think I, I think that's a person there. I think they're gonna. I think that's a basketball net. Like, what's happening? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, and then you had like, I remember
0: like when 480p was like a whole was the, was the highest YouTube could go, and that was like quote unquote DVD quality. And I'm like, oh man, quote unquote
1: DVD quality. That's <laughs> Well that's the big lie of our generation anyway whatever but uh...
0: <laughs> oh no no you well that was what I was told like as a kid I'm like oh man oh DVDs, of course yeah you know DVDs are great you know that they, they have they come in like 480p and they, they it looks the picture looks amazing remember like those old those old like early DVD uh, commercials mm-hmm. where they're like oh man this is this is gonna be like this is the future. Fuck VHS. This is gonna yeah. be the future. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, the quality's mildly better than VHS, but not by much. <laughs> not by much. Mm-mm. And that's <laughs> and that's if you're lucky. If you got a DVD that was remastered, because sometimes, right. they were like, "Oh, well, fuck it, we're not gonna remaster this. We're just gonna, we're just gonna take the VHS." Um, the VHS version and slap it on a DVD and call it a day.
1: Yeah, that's it, right? Because oh, I
0: remember, I remember um, buying a, uh, an official DVD of uh, Phantom of the Paradise, and I was disappointed to find out that the that that was uh, that the that the footage, they, that the version they used for that DVD was the VHS version, and um, yeah, I couldn't enjoy it because it, <laughs> it was in garbage quality. Yeah, that would. Yep, yeah, that would do it. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> and now I'm just like a stickler for it. I'm like, I, everything has to be 1080p or 4K. Otherwise, I'm just like, I, I, it needs to look nice. I, I can't like not. <laughs> it le- it needs to look nice. It needs to sound nice. Otherwise, I'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I, I just can't. Because <laughs> I remember, like, even like looking back on like some of, I mean, because I used to collect DVDs and, I'm, and I still have a couple DVDs on on my shelf, and I'm like, man. What was wrong with me that I thought that this was <laughs> this was acceptable? Like this that this quality was acceptable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is wrong with me? It's so good.
0: <laughs> I mean, but but I mean, like that's all we had back then. You know, pre-streaming, pre like Blu-rays, pre HD. Yeah. All we had was like DVDs, and that's it. Like people forget like how how exciting it was when when we got like news that uh that um that a show was going to be released uh, released on DVD for the first time because it's like holy shit we're going to get <laughs> we're going to yeah. get the entire season the entire series i can own the entire season series what <laughs> Whoa. and 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 now it's like everything's on streaming and you can find anything easily legally or illegally so it's like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter anymore so it just like but but i mean like it's so fun to go back and and just realize holy crap you know i remember as a kid as a teenager being excited going to the to the to the record store or what have you or like start LA like, electronic store and buying like the entire like RoboCop trilogy on DVD. Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> yep. 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 Okay. Man, nice. 14 year old me was like, Oh man, RoboCop <laughs> on DVD. <laughs> yeah. I can watch them all. I can do a whole marathon. I can do it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, good times.
0: Uh Same thing with like Star Wars, man. That was how I was introduced mm-hmm. to Star Wars, like the 2004 like you can say whatever you want about like the special editions and two thousand four DVD versions, but like that was my introduction to Star Wars, like because I had yeah. never seen it before, and there was like pre pre those DVDs, like there was no way that you can find it legally, so it's like this was my first introduction to Star Wars, and I'm like, okay, I I get it now, like I get why this is a big deal for a lot of people, you know, and I remember yeah. like yeah. I remember like spending, God, uh, spending like an entire weekend well, marathoning those movies. Cause I'm like, I just was mesmerized by how like, I just like, I just couldn't stop watching them. Cause I'm like, holy crap. I just, I'm just mesmerized with this, with this whole thing. I'm like, what is the force? <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: yeah. No, I am I'm, I'm curious though, if you don't mind me asking, like when you say that it was your introduction to it, where like, how aware were you of star Wars? Like, you know, universe or plot or characters or, you know what I mean? Like, was it familiar to you, and that was your first time watching, or was it no, just no, like, no. "Whoa, what's um, this old thing?" You know?
0: No, I remember watching the prequel. Uh, 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 mm. Which one? Uh, I remember watching *Phantom Menace* as a kid, but I was like too young to really get it. So, I'm right, like, I, 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 it was like, oh, whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it was, it was just another movie <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like years later, you know, as a kid, uh, as like a fourteen-year-old, like you know, kid, I'm like, you know, I. I see a lot of people talking about Star Wars online, and they don't like the new the new movies, and the old movies right. are better. And I'm like, okay, what is the big deal like, about yeah. these old movies? Because I, cause I had never seen them before; they were never on TV. Like it wasn't like you know Indiana Jones or or RoboCop or what have you that would you know play on TV, and I would watch that as a teenager. Like these were these were like sort of like the Holy Grail because like I, I had never. I, I had seen like a lot of people talking about them, talking about like characters like Darth Vader, Boba Fett, mm-hmm. and all the, and all these things. And I'm like, okay, is there a way for me to watch these? And I'm like, no, because <laughs> it, it was, it didn't come out on DVD at the time, and, right? And the VHSs were like super expensive. And I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna wait until this comes out on DVD. And then you know, I bought the DVD uh, set when it came out, and. And yeah, I get I get why people were upset about the changes, but I didn't care. Like I was like this is my first time experiencing it and I'm like okay, I get I finally get what why what yeah. people are talking about.
1: Oh, wild. <laughs> because because
0: that's that and that's why like I think it's important that we preserve media cuz mm-hmm. um when when a piece of media becomes lost and and it and becomes like hard to find then that then, like all the all that history is lost because it's like, well, what if it's something that you know has has historical value or significance, or if it's because like, if it's what if it's like something that like an actor's early early work and it was never like archived for whatever reason, and mm-hmm. it just became lost media, and it's like well, we need this because we need to. You know we need to preserve this for for a yep. reason that's why I like it. that's why i'm like i'm so mad at like the bbc for not for not archiving a lot of the old doctor who episodes yeah. cause it's like
1: oh you you idiots you idiots that's still that still surprises me the idea that you would like i look i understand the bbc has been producing a lot of content you know for a long time but the idea that you wouldn't file it away somewhere feels weird to me who would make that decision I'm with you 100%. It's just, it feels like a strange decision to make. Oh, no one will ever want to see this again. What? (laughs) This isn't a one and done situation. This is part of an ongoing series that's like, you know, I'm sure at the time a lot of people at the BBC felt it was pretty schlocky, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, it's it's such a weird decision. Like, it doesn't, I mean, it probably costs you a little bit, but like, not that much, you know?
0: Like, even like one of the, I remember like one of the, one of the, um, I think Mind of Madness or I don't remember like the exact miniseries what was what it was called but it was like a third doctor story and like what happened with that was like the color versions were lost so for the mm. for the time for a lot of the time like the only version that was available that was archived was the black and white version so they had to recolorize it and you can tell that it was recolorized.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. My, my my mom's favorite movie of all time. Uh, well, yeah, no, I'd say so. Uh, Alistair Sim in A Christmas Carol, 1951. Uh, for a long time, she had a VHS copy, black and white, you know, um, and doesn't have it anymore. So we, you know, I was able to find a few different versions of it for her in black and white, but also... I remember one Christmas, like she watched a colorized version of one and it was again, it was that it was it must have been colorized like 30 years ago. And it's just so garish and gross and just like this doesn't look human. What is this? (laughs) What, What are you doing?
0: Yeah, no, I remember like that was a whole there was a whole controversy about like, you know, colorizing these old movies because like, you know, these movies weren't made to be in color; they were shot in black yeah. and white, so yeah, exactly and that and because it was shot in black and white, like the actors were wearing like really garish um clothes, and it, it didn't matter matter. Oh, of course like, well, you know 'cause no one's gonna see this it's in black and white and yeah like oh, someone geez. someone thought it was a great idea to colorize it and. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like the only exception to the rule is Plan 9 from Outer Space. I think that's that movie's a lot, is somewhat funnier if you watch the shitty colorized version. Mm,
1: mm. <laughs> well, that's part of the joy of, of that, right? Yeah. It's funny.
0: Well, I mean, p- part of the joy is just like watching it in general because it's just so yeah.
1: amazing, <laughs> just <laughs> incredible. That's actually that's a that's a good rewatch. There you go. There's something I'm gonna do this weekend. Perfection.
0: Because <laughs> oh, funny enough, I was making like I was watching a Van Damme movie, and one of the um, one of the bad guys was a fat bald Russian, and I was just making these jokes to someone on Discord. I'm like, oh, look, it's uh, Russian Tor Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> and i just i just had fun i just because that's what i do now where i'm because yeah because of covid and what have you i'm just i just like try to watch like old schlock and just yeah riff on it (laughs) so you know Mm. because uh that's that's what i do to to stay sane and speaking of like (laughs) and speaking of staying sane like what are you what have you been um doing to try to
1: stay sane that is a that is a great question. I, I find it really helps to have um I find it helps to have like weekly uh routines, you know, things to think uh, things that you are look forward to that happen once a week and um I think like specifically again in my experience uh the way we keep ourselves sort of fixed to those weekly commitments is by by streaming because then it's not just for you it's for the audience that like expects it week by week right so so i see a couple of my friends every sunday we play a role-playing game uh now that the um restrictions have more or less like have been mostly lifted here in montreal or in quebec i should say um we're able to now gather again together we were broadcasting via zoom or whatever for for quite some time uh that's been a great touchstone for sanity. Um, and again, if I have to be honest with you, the last four months I, I haven't had time to think. <laughs> We've been uh, like my partner and I had a, a a big writing gig on top of other work, on top of um, having just bought uh, like a, a home that we're now moved into. Like you know, prepping for a, a big move and figuring out what we need to do and trying to figure out what it means to be an adult and like. <laughs> Uh you know in terms of staying sane I uh just wanted to make sure I didn't uh, burn my house down how's that <laughs>
0: Now is is an adult life great cuz as a kid yeah. you're like oh man I can't wait to be an adult i get to stay up late I get to watch all these adult movies and then when you're adult you're like fuck man I wish I was a kid again
1: <laughs> <clears throat> What the hell have I done yeah exactly Um I also uh I mean I game a lot uh Excuse me, sorry about that. Yeah, I've been I I just I you know I game quite quite a lot, and I have a you know a number of friends that I um, now that I live a bit further from a lot of my friends, uh, you know the easiest way for us to connect is to boot up a game of whatever Overwatch or whatever else. I I play a lot of different things on my own as well, and that's 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 a good way to stay sane as well. I find, Um, yeah
0: what have you been playing?
1: I am a big Civ fan. I've been playing a lot of Civ Six. Uh I uh because I also s st- I also stream on my own channel, um, and I stream in character. So well, yeah, sorry. Speaking of like the collision of things in life, um as like uh, a VO artist, you know, you wanna try to find ways of building characters that are fun and whatever. And so um every every week uh i stream in character and it's just an it's just an exercise in like improv right because that person is interacting with the world of the game and the world of the chat and whatever so uh i've been um weirdly enough i've been streaming and therefore playing and therefore enjoying uh the outer worlds recently which i also voiced some like roles in uh and, and my, my very good friend is one of the uh, NPCs in the game. Um, like one of the primary uh, sort of companions, sorry, is what I mean. Uh, it's really odd because like I'm streaming in character and then I'll stumble upon a character that is clearly voiced by me because like I recognize it, you know, uh, and then I'm talking to myself and the chat's like, wait, isn't that you? And I'm like, well, it's not me, me. It's a, <laughs> it's a... <laughs> it's pretty wild. Uh, it's a good time oh oh, yeah Uh,
0: i've been meaning to play that (laughs) i just Mm -hmm.
1: never had the time (laughs) oh for sure no you know what that's well i mean that's that's the world we live in right there's like a glut of media and i mean games in particular uh especially in the last i would say especially in the last like five or six years the trend has been you know like okay here's some bang for your buck here's a game that is you know it's got 80 to 100 hours of content i'm like i don't even have enough time to watch a tv series i don't have time for 80 to 100 hours of content crazy town
0: yeah um I, but i just want to play it because i know uh my buddy andrew morgano voices one of the characters and mm. then i'm like yeah, so gotta support my buddy <laughs> yeah 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 anyway um i've noticed that um time has uh been talking for like an hour and 15 15 minutes now and Mm. i gotta get going so before we get before i wrap this up uh where can people find you Um,
1: they can find me on the internet uh (laughs) it's a big place you can probably find me there i have i have some doors to knock on uh my website is uh dot com. uh you can find me on twitter at shumphrey 1212 couldn't tell you what that's about uh and on i would say the other platform that i'm on quite often is on twitch uh at twitch.tv slash biff the b-a-w-s-s uh but yeah find me find my website if you want to hear some of my demos and some of my work uh and we can connect we can uh we can hang out maybe
0: <laughs> all right thanks so much for taking the time up to do this and if you ever want to come back then my door is always open
1: I'll see you next week. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. Thank you. It was it's a absolute blast.
0: All right. Take care. Bye bye.
1: Cheers.